Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 27 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Malachi chapter 2 verse 10 through chapter 3 verses 1 Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why, then, are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altars with tears, with weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord has witness, was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faith, faithless, though she and your companion and, by, and your wife by covenant. She, he, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit of their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her says to the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and do not be faithless. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, How have we wearied him? By saying, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in him. Or by asking, Where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, 
He is coming, says the Lord of hosts. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 17. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah in the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before them, before him in spirit and, pow- and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Good morning and welcome to the 14th day of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Albany, Oregon. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 27, Malachi 2, and Luke 1. Uh, And as the Wednesday reading, we are at the end of the liturgical week, but the readings reflect back on the reading from Sunday, which is now live. uh, And you can see uh, after it had been reserved for first forward subscribers. Um, In the reading today uh, from, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 1, the birth of John the Baptist, some of the things that you'd notice uh, if you're a soldier are some of the language around what Zechariah is doing. Um, Zechariah is a priest, and he's not the high priest. He's just a priest. Later, it is said that his wife Elizabeth is a son of, uh, is I'm sorry, a daughter of Aaron. And she and her blood relative, cisgenus, one gene or one blood, um, they are both, therefore, daughters of Aaron. And so that makes John the baptizer and Jesus, or Joshua, son of God and son of Mary, they're both uh, descended from Aaron, uh, which is only to say um, that they are of the Levitical bloodline. Uh, whether they're from the line of Zadok, I can't remember, though Matthew and Luke might preserve it in their genealogies. Um, and the, the language here, I mentioned their genealogy, uh, because, uh, Zechariah, we sometimes think of Jesus as descending from David, but that's not what the text says. And there's certainly some mix, not mixing up, but, uh, crossing of the, the tribal lineages. I don't doubt that he had some blood of Judah in him, but it doesn't, he does not, he doesn't inherit any uh, uh, you know, genetic material from jo- Joseph. And Joseph is the one, the text says, who is descended from David. 
Um, and so the emphasis is on the priestly line. And the priests were the ones who were essentially the kind of political or, you know, socio religio political kind of heads of state. So Zechariah plays a very important role. Uh, the, the Levitical priests, the, you know, those who weren't the high priest, they did a bunch of the menial tasks surrounding the temple economy. And uh, this is difficult because Jesus has a lot of really difficult things to say about the temple economy and, and how it has become corrupt through you know, greed and um, you know, political uh, appointments. There's no Zadokite who's a high priest and hasn't been for several generations. And so it's seen as illegitimate. But Zechariah is a son of, uh, you know, married to one of the daughters of Aaron and is a Levitical priest himself. And he's just doing the things that he needs to do. He's probably aware of the corruption, but he's he's got a job to do. Um, and specifically, it uses the language in verse 8 of division and duty. And, you know, soldiers will recognize that. That's a military unit, right? A division is above a brigade um, and... Uh, below an army, uh, there's you know third army, fourth army, whatever, um, and then duty is something that we all have to pull. Even officers have duties, you know, 24-hour duties or other you know details they've got a they've been assigned to that they probably don't want to do, um, and so it's menial, it's mundane, it's routine. But he is, it's his time for duty. And another connection between John and Jesus is that. It mentions that Zechariah is of the order of Abijah. And I can't remember exactly how far back it goes, but Abijah and Joshua were priests returning from the Babylonian exile, and they there was a rotation. I think there was nine, maybe there's twelve, uh, you know, essentially uh, priestly clans that would then rotate through the duty. And Abijah comes just before Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, who also did you know, the normal priestly duties and who also did the high priestly duties of Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, and etc. So there's this important parallel between Jesus, whose you know, birth name was Joshua, and John or Yohanan, the, the baptizer, um, and their families. It is a a reflection back not only on the priestly line, but on the prophetic influence, right? John is, is going to have the power of Elijah. He's also going to be very much like a Nazarite. He won't take st- strong drink or wine, even from his mother's womb, which is the language used in number six for, for the Nazarites, as well as for Elijah himself, who didn't drink strong drink, and he wore a hair shirt and ate locusts. And he lived in the desert, which is something very similar to what John will do. And so these parallels are being drawn out. But we shouldn't miss the military parallels. Joshua, son of Josedak, is kind of this precursor to Joshua, son of Mary and of God. But it goes back even further to the sixth book of the Bible, Joshua, which is the anglicized version of Yeshua and Yeshua uh, uh, and uh, Yeshu, and also uh, essentially meaning salvation, uh, and Joshua, son of Nun, uh, who was the military commander that captured the promised land under the command of God. Um, and Joshua, son of Nun, 
Joshua son of Josedak and Joshua son of Mary are the only Joshuas in the entire Bible who are called Joshua son of XYZ, right? There's other Joshuas. There's a governor of Jerusalem. There's, uh, there's a priest in some random period of time, but they are not called son of anything. That title, Yehoshua or Joshua or salvation, son of God, or son of Josedak, or son of Nun, uh, these were all supposed to be of a part. Combining the priestly caste and duties with the um, uh, leadership or rulership um, expectations and responsibilities, but not kingly. Israel does not have a monarchy. Uh, They asked for a king to be just like all the other nations and no longer be set apart, And then God makes his promise to David, because David's a great ruler. Um, He's like, I'm going to make your your throne go on forever. But it's it's an import from foreign culture to have a monarchy. And so let's get away from the language of rulership and kingship in terms of monarchy and Jesus, because Jesus isn't a king. He's a high priest and a judge, essentially, because judges in Israel are those who save Israel from their enemies, who save Israel from their sins, which is how Samson is described. Um, And so it's important to see all of how this symbolism and language are mixed in together. Um, Some of it you already know, we're in the season of Advent, we use Isaiah a lot, the child will lead them, lay down next to the adder, all the rest. But there's other symbols and other nuances and evocations that we miss if we don't understand that the Bible assumes Uh, a certain amount of military experience. We live in a society that doesn't have a draft, doesn't expect its members or its citizens to defend our borders. Um, And that's new, historically. And so we come at the text with an altered view of society that soldiers and veterans can help us get back to. Soldiers and veterans, not just like, you know, the typical ones, you know, Cornelius and Des or dependents like Lydia, um, but people next to you in the pew who may have served for some time, but you might not know it because they might not want to tell you. Um, Soldiers, veterans, military families are integral to the story of God because they're integral to the heart and the life and the activity of God and Mary and God's son. A prayer for the clergy and people from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, from whom comes every good and perfect gift, send down upon our bishops and other clergy and upon the congregations committed to their charge the healthful spirit of your grace, and that they may truly please you, pour upon them the continual dew of your blessing. Grant this, O Lord, for the honor of our Advocate and Mediator, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. 
use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.